When's the last time that you really uh, uh, searched yourself? Or when's the last time that you allowed God to search you? Okay, that's, that's not always a, uh, a real pleasant experience. Um, uh, we, we don't enjoy searching ourselves or, or going there too long. Um, you know, when you've been sick or stuck in bed or uh, uh, you, you've been forced to think about you slow down too much. Life wasn't as busy as you would like it. And then you're forced to look inward. You have an opportunity to look inward and you go, Oh, let me get back to doing something because I don't want to I don't want to hang in there too long and look at, at my heart or to invite God to to search us. Now, some of you, you got phenomenal hearts and, and, and you allow God to search you on a consistent basis. You're relatively self-aware, inviting uh, introspective moments that are healthy and good for you. Um, but that still uh, doesn't mean that, that we're all perfect, right? Because uh, when, when you think about us, we're kind of like an iceberg. Um, take, take a look at this. Do we lose everything? Oh, no. Good. Um. You've heard the proverbial phrase, right? That it's the tip of the iceberg. And then you know why that phrase is there. It's because um, people on the Titanic are very well aware, at least the ones that survived, um, that, that there's the, the tip of the iceberg is, is only the small part. And what is below the surface is enormous. And, and we're very much the same. That there is the part that uh, people see, there's the part that we uh, want people to see, there's the part that we allow people to see, there's the part that we uh, hope that this is all that they see, but then there's the rest of us, right? Uh, there is a significant portion of me and you that is uh, below the surface of us. And how uh, uh, much of a mistake it would be uh, to just ourselves focus on the exterior, the visible portion of us. Uh, what a mistake it would be to uh, pretend that there's nothing else to us. Uh, especially when it comes to uh, um, just going through your day to day. Um, it becomes really easy for us to uh, fake ourselves out, right? You can fake yourself out. How many people do you know that are just kind of walking around, uh, uh, living a lie, uh, uh, pretending that uh, everything's fine, they've got the mask on, and they put this outward projected image that they want everybody else to see, this uh, above-the-surface stuff, but, but they've got something... Below the surface. Um, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's, it's not. See, we can fake ourselves out and we can fake other people out, can't we? We can fake ourselves out going, there's, there's nothing else there. What you see is what you get. We can fake ourselves out. Not take a look inside. We can fake others out. 
and go, no, this is it. This is the real me. And the, uh, what I do is, is uh, because it's coming from a, a good place. And, you know, Proverbs uh, chapter 16, verse 2, before we dive into the actual passage, we're going to spend some time in this morning. Proverbs 16, verse 2 says this, uh, all a person to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Oof. Okay, you can, you can have a pass this morning if you want to hit the road right now. Uh, I'll give you about 10 seconds. Um, no, this, this, is a, this isn't the best thing, the easiest thing for us to, to uh, uh, allow God to kind of get a hold of us. So we were starting a new year, and uh, there's things that you'd like to see changed. There's things that you want to grow in. There's things that as a church we want to do together. And yet, uh, if we don't just stop here at the beginning and try to sync up what God says about us with our hearts and our souls, with our motives, with our intentions, with the attitudes of our heart, if we don't uh, allow God to really search us and then lead us, uh, then we'll be in trouble uh, we'll just kind of be living this fake existence. And that's not what God wants from us. That's really not what you want. We, we don't want to go around just living this facade of a life or this shallow uh, life. The reality is your God already knows what's below the surface of you. He knows it. And he's got something uh, for the below the surface of you. He's got something to uh, encourage and mold and shape your heart, your motivations, your intentions, and your attitudes. Because he knows that uh, whatever's going on below the surface is going to make its way above the surface. Another verse in Proverbs says that, that out of the overflow of the heart, it, the heart determines every aspect of your life. From what you say to what you do, your heart is the wellspring of life. And so for us just to recognize that our motives are the underlying reason for why we do what we do. Uh, your intentions, your motivations, the attitudes of your heart ultimately determine the things that you do or the things that you don't do and the things that I do and the things that I don't do. And so what a privilege it is. Our heavenly daddy invites us to crawl up on his lap and help uh, not just our behavior, not just the outward part of us, but our heavenly daddy knows what's going on on the inside. And he says, will you come crawl up on my lap and let me uh, search you. Uh, let me shape your perspective so that it's in line with my perspective. I want you to see yourself the way that I see you. I want you to have the perspective I have about your sin and about your service. 
I want you to have my perspective, our heavenly daddy says, uh, about the, the uh, good stuff that we do and the bad stuff that we do. And just have an honest day today. Can we have an honest day today? Just to stop the pretending, stop the faking, and just say, okay, I want to be honest with myself and with my God today. Let him get to my heart. Let him get to my motivations. Because it's easy for me just to think that everything's fine, everything's good. But what's below the surface? You know, um, it's easy to deceive ourselves, right? Jeremiah uh, says that the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can understand it? And he goes on to say that it's only the Lord that can really understand a heart. And we can deceive ourselves uh, that the uh, bad stuff that we do really isn't that bad. Have you ever been in a moment where you've uh, maybe sinned? You've been struggling with sin and you go, uh, just subconsciously, you would never say it out loud, but oh, it's not that bad. I can name 15 other people that are way grosser than me. I'm married to one or my best friend is one or what. And you just go, gosh, you know, I watch the news for five minutes and all those people, I mean, they're, it's easy, right? To look at yourself and, and granted, some of you are into some things that are a real quicksand of sin that's catastrophic, and the consequences you're, you're, you're experiencing and you don't know how to get out of it, that's very, very real. Uh, there's others of you that, that um, the Lord has allowed you to uh, get some freedom from some of those sins. But we, we shouldn't forget just how uh, uh, rough the enemy can be with us. And that sin is just kind of no big deal. Uh, the sin is not just the outward behavior of things. It's not just the above the surface stuff, is it? There's an underlying reason for why we do what we do when it comes to sin. And if we just think that our bad behavior is just bad behavior and neglect our heart and what God says about it, well, man, no wonder we keep struggling in the same things. Or you might have had years and years of the same struggle and no freedom because you've just been trying to stop the behavior and not allow the Lord to get below the surface and work on our hearts. And so we go to Jesus today. In Matthew chapter 5 and 6, if you have your Bible, open it up. Matthew chapter 5 and 6, it's the words of Jesus. It's his uh, Sermon on the Mount. And uh, what I love about it, if you go back to the iceberg picture, um, it is so much of the Sermon on the Mount is uh, Jesus kind of acknowledging, hey, uh, most people want to live or focus up here and ignore the heart, ignore the motivations, ignore the attitudes, ignore what's below the surface. But as followers of Jesus, as he kind of unpacks in this amazing sermon, uh, the principles of what uh, people who belong to the kingdom of God will be like, uh, he's constantly uh, getting below the surface. 
He's constantly reminding us that we're holistic beings. There is the outward part, but there's the inward part of us. And ultimately, uh, what, what the, the children of God are aware of is that God is way more interested in what's below the surface than above. And so in Matthew chapter 5, uh, Jesus has been going on for a little bit. And, and skip down to uh, uh, verse 21 and 22 here. Jesus kind of frames it up here. He's having quite the discourse. He says, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. Okay, well, we get that. Makes sense. But then Jesus says, but I tell you, here he goes. He's getting below the surface. Anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, raka, which is kind of an Aramaic word for empty headed, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. Hang on here for just a second. Um, What Jesus is basically saying is, uh, if you're struggling with anger, you could potentially have a murder problem. Murder starts in the heart, but so does anger. Ooh, okay. Uh, They're on the same spectrum. They're on the same pathway. And then skip down to verse 27 and 8, I think. He says, you've heard that it was commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. He's going below the surface again. And again, what he's saying is if uh, uh, you are uh, struggling with lust, then you may have an adultery problem down the road. That adultery begins in the heart, but so does lust. And what starts below the surface uh, in a, to us, oftentimes a relatively minor sort of capacity begins to grow and move its way upward, 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 and eventually will come out. It happens in our language, our words, it happens in our activities, it happens in our, our thought life. And so this is really key for us to to just be aware of from Jesus' perspective to not deceive deceive ourselves that, well, I just got a little bit of an anger problem. I just got a little bit of a problem with lust. What Jesus is saying is, no, this is all a part of a big sin problem that is found in our hearts. That yes, yours may be below the surface, and has not manifested or made itself known in a really hideous way above the surface just yet. But it's all related. It's all sin. And it all comes from a uh, sick, diseased heart. It starts somewhere. 
And if we ignore it or deceive ourselves that it's not there, it doesn't exist, well, then it doesn't allow our heavenly daddy to speak into it or, or uh, get rid of it or mold it or shape it. We just leave it below the surface. And you know as well as I do, uh, if you just leave something below the surface, something as drastic as our sin nature, and don't allow our heavenly daddy to interact with it, Will it just go away on its own? No, it, it won't. It will continue to uh, grow. It will continue to uh, spread. And so our heavenly daddy knows that this is the state of us. And so that's why he says, please don't ignore the below the surface, the underlying parts of you. I know you can't deal with this. And that's why I came. That's why I want you in my lap. That's why I want to have my perspective shape your perspective. That's why I want to spend time with you. That's why you really actually need me and my grace and my spirit. We can deceive ourselves that the bad stuff we do isn't that bad. But we can also deceive ourselves with the good stuff that we do. And here's how we deceive ourselves with the good stuff that we do. We go, I do good stuff to uh, glorify God. Or I do good stuff to benefit other people. When we're actually doing good stuff, if we don't watch it, because it's really for us. It's not for God. It's not for other people. It's really to make us feel better or to make us look good. And Christians can get caught up in this all the time. And the below the surface motivation of the heart or the attitude of the heart or the intention of the heart is I'm going to... Uh, care for you or love you or serve you or give or pray because I want you to think I'm spiritual. Uh, because uh, uh, if I do something nice for you, then maybe you'll do something nice for me. That'd be a nice exchange, huh? And then it's this odd transactional sort of thing and the heart really isn't there. The motivation isn't really because we love someone. It's because we want someone to love us. And it's just worth having the conversation. Now, some of you are loving from incredibly pure motives and serving from pure motives, but, but we must constantly come to the Lord and just say, hey, Lord, search me below the surface. Test the motivations of my heart and my attitudes. And if you're finding something here that, that is really self-serving or selfish, please get rid of it. I want to be honest with you. I want to be honest why I do what I do. I want it to come from a pure place. If you continue down in the Sermon on the Mount and just into the next chapter... Jesus shifts his gears here from, uh, hey, don't deceive yourself with the sinful bad stuff that we do, uh, but also don't deceive yourself that the, the good stuff you're doing is really for God. Make sure that you're doing it really for him or really for the blessing of others and not for the blessing of yourself. 
It looks more spiritual. But look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Jesus says it quite careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Okay, what's the motivation Jesus is calling out? He's saying, don't practice righteousness or service or these good deeds so as to be recognized. So as to be thanked, uh, so that we can applaud you or think this, that, and the other thing of you. He says, if you do, you will have no reward from your father. That's kind of a sobering statement. He continues on, verse 2. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So just make sure that when you are uh, giving, you know, that bucket goes by and you pull out the hundred dollar bill and you wave it around. Look at me. Look at me. Oh, let me get another one. Oh, look at that. That's not, that's not what we want, but that's not what the Lord wants. There can be a selfish motivation in how we give. Well, I'll give. And if I give, then that means that uh, um, now I'm in the driver's seat. Uh, now I'm more spiritual, et cetera, et cetera. Jesus is saying, no, don't, don't do that. Don't deceive yourself that the good stuff you're doing is really for good, pure reasons. He continues on in verse 5. And when you pray, uh, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. You see, our Father who is unseen uh, is in the unseen parts of you and me. And that's great. He's well acquainted with the unseen parts of you. He knows that when, uh, uh, when you're serving, he knows when you're giving, he knows when you're praying. The point of our giving, the point of our praying isn't so that other people can notice. The point of our giving is for the benefit of other people in our community or in our church or the work of the ministry around the world. The point of our praying is for the benefit of people in our church and our community. It's not meant to be for the benefit of me or the benefit of you. He continues on down to 16 and 18. When you do not look somber as the hypocrites do. Oh, I'm fasting. For they disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting. So why, why do you look so miserable? Oh, uh, 
I've been praying and fasting for two whole weeks, sister. I just, I don't know if I can make it, but, but man, I'm just seeing so many, you know, amazing miracles done as I'm miserable for the Lord. I mean, <laughs> truly, I tell you, they've received, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you give, when you pray, when you fast, when you serve, uh, allow him to check your heart. Allow him to check your motivations just to say, hey, am I doing this really just because this is out of obedience to the Lord? It's out of a joy in my relationship for the Lord? Or am I trying to get something out of this? The Lord loves the, the purity of a heart. Now, you and I can't have these pure of motives without a relationship with him. I can't stop deceiving myself. I'm really good at it. Any of you really good at deceiving yourself, either about the good stuff or the bad stuff that you do, or maybe about the, the stuff that you don't do? Man, I'm really good at that. In my own head, I can justify it or reason it out or whatever. It's a little bit scary sometimes to process through an invitation for God to begin to search me and then find out some things that maybe, ooh, that's not a good attitude of the heart. And then say, would you root that out? Because if you don't root that out, it's going to come out. And if it makes its way to the surface, man, it could have a catastrophic effect. In Psalm 139, uh, this is so key. I think probably maybe three, four years now, I have brought this up often. Uh, for us as a church, it's been on the forefront of my mind and my heart for, uh, for many years. But th- this now is the close of this Psalm of David's. Uh, this Psalm starts with this phrase and it ends with this phrase. And what's sandwiched in between is an amazing picture of the nature and the character of God. And David makes a prayer of this psalm, and it should be our consistent prayer. And I love this. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me. Thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, God. Would you pray that? Would you pray, God, search me every single day for the next month? Every single day, maybe multiple times a day. God, search my heart. Search me. You can see what's above the surface and below the surface in me. Would you search me, God? Test my heart. Know my my heart. Search my heart, my motivations, my attitudes, not just my behaviors. Search me. When you and I say, search me, God, I believe it's the first step in us stopping the faking. It's a first step of honesty and integrity and transparency. 
before God, first and foremost, just to say, hey, I'm going to stop pretending like you don't know what I'm really like, God. Search me. I know you already know what's there, but I'm going to acknowledge that you know what's there. And then I'm going to ask you not just to search me, but then lead me. Search me and lead me. Two great phrases to anchor your entire year. Search me, God, and then lead me, God. Search me. Get below the surface of me. And then whatever you find there, lead me means now I'm going to just take your hand, Daddy, and let you walk me out a different direction. It's still a relational thing with our heavenly daddy. I've got some questions just to help you process uh, um, the motivations, intentions, or attitudes of your heart. If no one ever knows what I'm doing, giving, serving, sacrificing, would I still do it? If there was no visible payoff for doing this, whatever this is, would I still do it? Would I joyfully take a lesser position if God asked me to? Am I doing this for the praise of others or how it makes me feel? Four more questions. If I had to say what God has called me to do, would I continue? If others misunderstand or criticize my actions, will I stop? If those who I'm serving never show gratitude or repay me in any way, will I still do it? Do I judge my success or failure or worth or value based upon my faithfulness to what God has asked me to do or how I compare with others? Those are big, loaded questions, heavy ones in general. But they're good questions to get to the root of you. They're good questions to begin you just thinking through, gosh, what are my motivations? What really is going on below the surface? Am I doing this out of a place of purity of heart or uh, some sort of selfish gain in this? Do I have the same perspective about what's going on below the surface in me that God has of me? If so then cling tight to his hand and keep walking with him. If not, then you look him right in the eye in prayer and you say, Daddy, you need to give me your perspective myself and I need your help for you to go to work, not just on my behavior, but on my heart and my soul, my motivations and my attitudes. Please, God, do that. This is part of my journey this year and just what it means to be his kid, learning better what it means to be his kid, just crawling up on my daddy's lap and saying, search me, daddy, and then lead me, daddy. Just super quick as we wrap this up, you guys, I want to be super forthright with you. It's nothing to be scared about. Don't worry. Um, but I want to be upfront and forthright with you. We're heading into a big season in the life of the church. And as we're heading into this big season, I just wanted to be completely upfront with you. Um, 
I'm not going anywhere, but I did ask uh, just a few weeks ago if I could step off the leadership team, the, the few that are in the leadership hub of the church, so that I could focus on teaching and shepherding and caring for our flock and our community. Um, I had felt for a while this last year has been quite the journey of just trying to listen to the Lord and what he's got for me. And to, to zero in on that, based on how I'm wired, really felt like where the Lord was leading. Um, I've got a tremendous heart for uh, just you all and the people in our church and the teaching and, the, and um, some of the logistic operational stuff. It's not my gift. Um, so all that to say, like, you're stuck with me. Um, <laughs> But I, but I, I wanted you to be aware. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to let you down. I, I don't want to go into a, a big season in the church where um, I give you reason for some sort of um, fear or timidity. Going, oh, Ron's going to leave. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. But I also want to be upfront and honest. Uh, I've just got to trust. That uh, I'm listening to the Lord. My heart is still here with our church and our community. But Lord's, the Lord's up to his own journey in me. And he's provided this plurality of leadership for us that's so beautiful. And we're each just serving in our respective categories. So from your perspective, I don't know that a whole lot will change. Uh, you won't notice a whole lot. Um, but we're all in this journey together. And I can't wait to see what's around the corner, especially as we continue to allow God just to search us on a regular basis and then lead us, we can't go wrong. Why? Because he's the one in charge. He's the one speaking. He's the one guiding and directing. And so with that, I would just love to pray for us. Father, um, can't thank you enough for everybody that's here we just ask, Lord, that you would guide us and direct us, that you'd comfort us, that you'd heal us, you'd convict us. But God, um, maybe the biggest thing that's on my heart this morning is that we would just position ourselves right here and right now in a spot where we would ask you to search us. We know that you already know the condition of our heart. But it's so easy for us to uh, stiff arm you, ignore your perspective, your voice, try to keep something out of your reach. And so as we ask you to search us and we we just open up locked doors of our heart. We open up corridors that maybe we have blocked off for a while. We kept piling stuff in. We even ask you to shed light on our motivations with regard to the good that we do. And ask God that 
just you would continue to develop in us a purity of heart. A purity of motivations. We know that really is just the journey of being conformed more and more into your image. We know Jesus didn't have any ulterior motives. We know Jesus had the purest of hearts. And so we, we ask God that you would get to the areas that are below the surface in us and that you would root out what needs to be rooted out. You would clean up and heal up and rebuild our lives. And then on a day-to-day basis, we'll just keep looking to you to lead us. Lead us into honesty and transparency and dependence on you. Lead us in the way everlasting as you build up our lives. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.